2: This is the Team Direction Podcast for October 10th, 2023, episode 594. Where the hell? Oh, because Cody's camera disconnects every time. I'll fix it. Somebody else vamp.
0: I don't know a vamp. What do you mean vamp? Dave, you
1: never text me back when you asked if you wanted to go to the fucking D-back game. I, you know what? You it just abandoned me and left me hanging. It was really me.
0: Well, I apologize, I, and Please I didn't apologize. know what tickets you were going to get. And also, I'm not sending in the camera. This is just a disaster. All shapes and sizes. I mean, mm-hmm. the shittiest um, tickets possible because
1: I had to wait so damn long to know the game time, which was the unfortunate well,
0: part. That one's not, not my bad. fault. Hey, Cody, how's it going? No, it's not your fault. That's
1: That's baseball being really annoying, even though it's going to be the, West, the furthest West Coast game and not saying
0: it was going to be at six o'clock for
2: a long time. But yeah.
0: True story. Yeah. But anyway, it's going to be fun. But that's uh, not what we're here to talk about today. It no. could be.
2: bit of a shorter show today. You just keep saying vamp. Yeah, you just say vamp over and over again. Vamp, 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 vamp. Vamp, 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 vamp. vamp, Vamp. See, Gary's a professional. Maybe not a podcaster, but he gets it. Yeah, nailed it. Exactly. See, we got it. We'll get there eventually. Uh, Bit of a shorter show today. I just want to make sure we're live on the internet. Although, Gary chatting certainly means that we should be. There we go. I'm peeking at it. Great. Bit of a scramble. Busy day. No Sean. He's at a concert. Um, As Maisie described it, uh, a middle-aged Asian woman screaming i don't know what that means i don't know if that was a red herring oh, understand it, i don't know if it's like beck and it has nothing to do with that or what but regardless no That's sean and so we're going to be doing a little bit of a hodgepodge episode because there wasn't anything that we really wanted to blow this week we have big plans for the next two weeks one a tier list next week one that i'm pretty excited about cody at least has an insight because i asked him how many he had seen seen Hmm. what does that mean hmm. uh, i think dave will also be pleasantly surprised i'll probably tell him before the episode but regardless Big tier list next week we're going to do, and then a Suns preview, the night of the season opener, because, you know, it doesn't really make much sense to do it before then, and it's fine. We'll probably just have the game on in the background while we're doing the show, and we'll have to try not to be just, like, glued to it and actually talk to you instead of just being, like, looking this way the whole time. I mean, Sean will just yell and bitch at stuff while it's going. That's right.
0: Can we just, like somehow say hey here's the zero mark of the game and we'll just live comment on it and people can watch it simultaneously as us
2: it's possible that's going to work with the new streaming system because games are also available on demand after they're done for the whole season supposedly you can just go back and watch them so my hope is that sort of like what we could do before bally is you can start it later and then just catch up to live but it's the first game so i don't know and i guess maybe we could test it with one of the preseason ones because they're airing them there as well Uh, But as of this moment, I don't know even if that's possible. If it is, great, because then we don't have to worry about being distracted, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we we can give it our best shot.
2: That's right. We'll try our hardest. Uh, I'm going to be selfish this week, and for a while I wasn't going to (laughs) talk about this on the show. And I'm realizing that there are so few things that give me either pride or joy in life that I might as well at least bring it up to some degree. Most people close to me, like family, friends, whatever, already know about this. But, you know, some fans of the show may not. So, fuck it. I'm going to spend like five minutes on it. We're also going to spend about five minutes on the next topic, which for the podcast listener is 20-year reunion. We're not going to talk a ton about that. But the fact is, you know, Dave and I did a shared experience, and I think it's valuable to at least bring it up a little. And then we're going to talk about Taylor Swift. So, stay tuned
0: for that. So, we have totally insular things that we experience and then something that everyone collectively is experiencing.
2: That's right. And then maybe the worst football play slash sports play you've ever seen. So I
0: know which one you're f- referring to. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah.
2: So we'll get to some sports stuff on the back half. Let's be honest, Taylor Swift is not really a sports story. Whether or not Travis Kelce is involved, I mean, Mr. Pfizer. I mean, fuck off, Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean,
0: he's put on the map now. I know,
2: and I think it's really you know funny it that he's now. like, "What's debate?" And it's like, Aaron, he has games to play. I know you fractured your fibula or whatever the fuck happened to you, wait, but like, wait, wait, wait. He asked Kelsey to debate vaccinations? Yeah, he was on Pat McAfee's show, and I don't want to spend a ton of time oh, on this, but yes, he God. asked. He wanted to tag team with Robert Kennedy Jr. against Travis Kelsey and Anthony Fauci. That was his grand master plan. Why I feel like you Pat made up McAfee? a Mad Lib and just that, that was the story, but that's yeah. fine. I need a popular, anyways, pro, I will, proper noun. I will not drag this out. It's fine.
0: I just want to know why Pat McAfee is as popular as he is, like, legitimately. We I could spend a whole fucking fun. episode on that. You Seriously. I will be I I'm more than happy fun. to. Uh, he's fun, but people think I'm, like, legit, like, knowledge. I'm like, no. No, that's not he, it at he all. He has
1: bridged the gap from the, the really in psychotic barstool stuff to the acknowledged by ESPN thing and it's just it's landed perfectly for a large
2: group of a certain type of person yep. to enjoy it's a sweet spot because he's still hitting yeah. frat boys too Yeah, they're exactly. they're still involved as well but I don't know and I actually like what he's done with wrestling that's the problem there is a, there's an element of, and there are some people who don't really like him on game day they don't like his type of energy for that show and that's he's, fine he's terrible
0: in game day. I, I mean I I appreciate the kicking thing it's funny to watch people make asses of themselves so. sure
2: and he has had some really good insight from his playing days. And like when he talks about, you know, special teams in particular, like he knows better than most anybody on television because there's very few other like kickers or punters that have ever made it to this footprint. But then he mm-hmm. also like, you know, does backflips off of peers. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't, I don't need that, but sure. Here we go. Uh, I, don't, I don't see what's wrong with that. <laughs> i won a tournament in colorado me you did well sir i did and i have to talk about it a little bit because again i have so few times in my life where i feel anything inside and to this is probably the best i've ever played and it's i'm not saying i can't do better in the future but like i've talked before about how it's like okay i'm gonna keep trying to get better i was about to close out the year without a win and that was fine i was really happy with my fifth at the arizona state Championships, but. When I saw when the Colorado State Championships were, I was going to visit family anyways. I didn't know at the time that my paper was going to be sold and have a massive merger fucking everything up, (laughs) but that's a different story for when I'm fired or no longer with the newspaper in who knows how long, months, weeks, years. Uh, boy, I, you know, I'm the, pretty sure like 10 years ten years ago, you're like, I'm not going to
0: work for this place much longer. The,
2: the, the expose that I do in an episode whenever I leave this place, whether it's 20 days or 20 years, is going to be something to partake in, let me tell you. I hope I'm alive. Yeah, me too. Maybe I won't be. Maybe my predecessor wasn't so fortunate. So I had not played these courses before. And one of the big questions I talked about a few weeks ago after the Arizona State Championships was, is my rating inflated because I play these courses and these tournaments where these courses are on more frequently than other people? Because, you know, people come from all over the state to play in these tournaments, sometimes out of state. And I know these courses. It's not even a question anymore. I step up to a team. It's like, I'm throwing this disc. I'm not even thinking about it. It's just that, that's the disc for this hole. That's what I'm doing. So to go to new courses, I did get to play them once before the tournament on Wednesday. Flew it on a Tuesday and went and played both real quick on a Wednesday. And then, you know, tournament started on a Friday. Three-day tournament. First day the first course was a six under one off the lead. Then we went to a different course and I shot even, but the best round was like four under it was harder. And the wind was also up that day. So we went back to the first course again, where I had shot six down. I am three back of the lead six, six under still, because I shot even the second day leaders are both at nine under and there's two other people at eight. So I'm in solo fifth place. There's a few people at five under right behind me and I'm only two under through eight. And to be fair, I was trying to shoot about six under. Like my first round was like, all right, that's about where I wanted to be. And then on a hole nine, I don't know really what happened. Because I missed like a 15-foot putt on hole six, a really easy par three. And I was like, oh, shit, just barely low. But I was like, damn it, that was a waste. On hole nine, I guess like you know, the power of Christ compelled me or something. You can say whatever. But I went birdie, 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 um, jump putt that hit the pole from like 50 feet birdie, jump putt that rimmed around the basket and missed, but I missed it to be fair. It was not a good putt. I still almost went in. Jump putt that was in the chains and spit out, like legitimately just an absolute fucking spit out, was not off the center at all. Birdie, birdie. So seven birdies in the last 10 holes, and I had putts that almost went in and in one case should have gone in on the other three because the tee shots were all on point. The best shot was hole 10, really tight fairway with a row of trees going across perpendicular to the t so it's like you got to try and get through them or around them or something and my second shot was short of them i was trying to pass them on the t shot through a little low and through an absolute dime to like six feet and i felt like that was where things really took off and then coming up to hole 18 two weird things happened one somebody had a silent ace on 17 on my card they threw it's like a 320-foot par 3. They threw a like flexi-type shot, and it skipped, and it went in the basket. But we couldn't tell. It didn't hit any chains. It didn't make any noise. It just went in. But it didn't look like it went in from the tee. Hit, the guy's caddy was the only one who knew. The guy himself was like, I don't – did that go in? I have no idea. The caddy somehow knew. He was, like, jumping up and down, and he looks sort of over at us, and we're all like, I don't – is it? <laughs> is it in? We don't I, – I hope it is. I'm rooting for you. But, like, I don't fucking know and we get halfway unsatisfying (laughs) kind of yeah because i mean we still got to be like oh yeah everybody high-fived him and stuff and we got halfway at the fairway you could see the disc in the basket but it was like that's so weird i've seen aces that don't hit the chains but it still hits the basket hard you would hear it this one just kind of skipped in and snuck around and didn't touch anything so there's already kind of a weird vibe on the 18th tee this guy behind me is uh the leader he's one hole uh behind me because i'm i was in fifth so i'm not in the lead card i'm chase card he birdies 16 and has a one shot lead as he's playing 17 and i'm on the tee of 18. 18 is a short par four can't be more than like 470 480 but it's on a massive Ant hill of sorts you know like the mini golf thing where like you know castles and coasters has one for our arizona folks where it's like just a huge mound and if you miss it just rolls over and it goes you know 50 feet the other way and you feel Ooh. really sad it was like that but probably god i don't know 15 nah, 15 is probably too tall 12 feet tall with a basket on top of it so very short par 4 very gettable in fact a couple people had eagle putts on it if they could throw far enough Um, but also you could like four putt it if you're not careful, just like in mini golf, because if you miss a putt, it's just going to go down to the bottom and you're going to have that same putt coming back the other way. So I'm on the tee of 18 thinking to myself, okay, I'm down by one. I am almost certainly going to birdie this unless I butcher something is birdie enough because he also has to play 18 still. And I would expect him to birdie it too. He's a good player from the looks of it. I don't know anybody here. I'm not from Colorado, but I've met a few of these guys over the course of the tournament and whatever. So I try and eagle it. I try and get everything I've got behind a throw. I don't throw it very well. But it ends up about where a normal two shot would have anyways. I didn't get all the way to the green like I was hoping. But it took two out of the equation. I was like 130 short. I'm not trying to throw it in on a mound and then send it 70 feet past and take a par like a dumbass. So eagle's out of the equation. All I can do is birdie it and then see what happens. I go turn in my scorecard, and I'm not, you know, it's away from hole 18. So my uncle, who was caddying, Steve – uh, ran back to get something and watch them play. And it sounded like the guy who was leading went out of bounds by about this much radio listeners. This is about three inches. Like if any part of the disc is touching the out of bounds line, it's safe, but it wasn't by about this much. So even though he got up and down and would have birdied, the OB stroke meant it was a par and we went to a playoff. And in that playoff, this is where I think the experience and just my demeanor in general helped. I'm not nervous even the whole round. I mean, maybe you can say I was carefree cause I was behind by as much as four on a whole 11 at one point before I really went off, but like, I don't really get nervous. It's kind of cool. Cause I know some people do under pressure. It sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm just like, I, it's one of my strengths, I guess. So there's a disc flip coin toss, if you will, and it lands on my side. So I go first. It's a par three with like really low-hanging branches that you have to throw between two three th- trees, unless you're throwing a forehand. And I throw it to like five feet. So now <laughs> all of a sudden, this guy, who I, I do feel kind of bad for because he played well enough to win this thing, who went out of bounds by less than half the width of a disc, now knows that I'm five feet away and he's got to make birdie or this thing is over and he pulls his tee shot. It almost goes out of bounds over a fence. It stays in but leaves him like a 60-footer. He doesn't make it, and I have basically a tap in to win. So, I'm but just... did you make it? I did, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> the, the picture. Yeah, I have a trophy in the and picture. I... <laughs> it's hard to see because my shirt's also sort
0: well, of. Well, you could. Here's you where he would be. Here's the trophy would be if he had won. He'd be holding it right there. Yeah, you could have made won the second playoff hole. Come on, you could leave us <laughs> in suspense here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it says champion. <laughs> Yeah, but it does. I spoiled it. Um, it was actually really cool to do it that way because there was still everybody else who had just finished the tournament watching. So, you know, everybody was really, really congratulatory towards me, which was cool. Because, again, I'm not from around there. I'm not one of the guys that plays in their leagues or their scene. So it was really nice just to feel welcomed by everybody. And like, I think I'm relatively chill. So I'm not like, you know, I'm never going to make too many enemies out there, I don't think. But still, it's nice to be welcomed in a weird place. So won the tournament. Shot a nine under. It was the best round of the weekend. Um, was not a 1,000 rated. I still don't have a 1,000 rated round, which is kind of sad. But as of today's monthly update, my rating is up to 940, which is higher than I thought it would be by the end of this year. That's for damn sure. So I'm hitting all my goals, and now I have one more tournament. I've won one each year, and I have three trophies sitting downstairs. And for once, I can feel proud of myself. We can psychoanalyze that, or we can just leave it as is.
0: Well, I mean, you now, your goal was to try to join uh, the 40 and over, and that is coming closer and closer, it seems. And uh, by the next year's Colorado tournament this time, you'll be very close to it, so yay!
2: <laughs> yeah, I do feel like I have to go back and play next year.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's funny. I, I know it's tough to do this with uh, the amount, you know, the, the lack of price, uh, but still, it's to win in different
2: places yeah it was cool to do it in a different place it put a lot put a lot of those fears to rest although the way i played at wilderness ranch that's not a course i play i played it like three times outside of tournament because it's not here it's in pine top that's a two and a half hour drive so like whatever that's phoenix is closer for god's sake um so i should have known better anyways but again to go to completely new courses because i didn't play super well at nationals last year in austin And i finished you know just outside the cut i didn't play badly but like I went there, I was like, God, I don't know. It's, I wasn't that familiar with the courses. I made some mistakes. And it's like, well, I didn't know these courses. And while I wouldn't play perfect out there, I the, the highlight for me, honestly, maybe this is what set it off. Hole seven is like a 350-foot par three, pretty far. And it's up on this, like, raised platform. And the green's maybe 10 feet or so wide, and it drops off, like, five feet. So it's kind of a cool green, because if you miss it, you got to putt up at the thing. And I threw it, like, 40 feet past the basket. I was like uh i mean yeah everybody says they can throw 400 feet if they think they're serious about this but it's like i actually kind of did in a tournament and i was like oh shit like maybe i'm actually dialed because if that was too much disc for this hole it means i'm throwing it really well so whoops
0: (laughs) did you feel like you were in the zone
2: i don't know it's weird because i don't think about it in the moment and it's disc golf so it's not like you know Steph Curry goes nuclear in a quarter. It probably lasts like 15 minutes of real time, maybe, especially if it's not the whole quarter, right? That was the better part of two hours where I was just locked in, occasionally glanced at the scores just to see where I was at to know how aggressive I had to be. You know, Steve does a great job. He's carrying my bag for me, but he's also just, you know, he offers encouragement, but he stays out of the way for the most part. So I'm just kind of doing my thing. I'm in my head, I'm planning out my shots, I know what discs I want to throw. So I don't like, I can remember every shot of it, but as a collective, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't remember feeling any different. Maybe that's the key to it was it didn't feel different. So it wasn't nerves. It wasn't pressure, but it, it just felt like normal. And I guess that's one of my best strengths going forward.
0: Yeah. I've always felt that zone feeling is like when you don't even necessarily feel what you're doing, you just do it yeah. and it's successful.
2: And it's like, I was putting really well. Again, I made nine birdies or seven birdies in the last 10 holes. And then the other three were all right there. So, you know, would Steph say like the basket looks bigger? Maybe like for me, did the basket look big? Not really, at least consciously. I don't know. But I guess the confidence is just the key. And now I have to be you know a little less hard on myself and have a little more self-esteem. No, that's because that's what got you here. The, yeah. You're yeah, keeping hard, hard on yourself. yourself. Yeah. If I was cocky, maybe it wouldn't work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you'd be nervous then because you'd be like, "Well, I'm supposed to win this, so now I'm nervous." So there's the key. We've solved it.
2: Yeah, I've come from behind for two of the wins. I was the co-leader for one of them, so I don't even think it's like a chase thing. And I've I've protected leads as well as I've I've earned them. But in each of the three tournament wins, I've had a stretch where I went crazy, and I guess that might be what it takes to win because otherwise you have got to get separation. And a course like the course we played for the final round is a lot of par threes, only two par fours, and. There's some out of bounds, but for the most part, there's not a lot of score separation. It's par or birdie. So you have to take advantage of the opportunities you get because, you know, even when the guy threw out of bounds on the last hole, like I mentioned, he still took a par because it's a short hole and he was able to get to the green and tap it in. Right. So like you have to be able to get birdies to win. And I did. And I'll shut up about it.
0: Well, congratulations, sir. I mean, to be good at something and win is such a good feeling. And so, so few of us actually get to feel that. So it's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, and it's rare for me because I never really had a ton of success in sports. I was fine. I was a decent soccer and basketball player as a kid. Like, I wasn't the best. I wasn't a liability. Like, I was a good team player. And I'm a good rec league volleyball player, I guess, for somebody who never played until he was, like, 28. (laughs) Like, I think I'm pretty good, but a lot of that's just height. I don't really have the techniques and stuff. So as far as athletic competitions go, I was never very good at golf or tennis. Like, this is about all I've got other than being, like, okay – never a detriment to my team. So it's like, okay, now I get to experience maybe what you and Sean did to a certain extent of being like, I'm actually pretty good at what I do. And that like, yeah, you guys, you know, JV varsity, whatever the high school was kind of the end of the road, but like I get to feel it a little bit, even though I'm 38.
0: Hey, it's better to feel it now than back then. You get to experience it now. That's pretty cool.
2: <laughs> yeah. And if anything, I'm not really supposed to be doing this at this age because most of the people that I'm competing against for these wins or just in these tournaments in general, are like mid twenties. Yeah, <laughs> there's not a lot of people my age until they get to forty and they go to that bracket who are able to do this and who have been able to get better at this age. Now I started late, but still. So I'll keep everybody posted. I will indulge myself once or twice a year. I'm about done for the year. I have a fucked up knee from when we played basketball three days straight. My knee's still been kind of fucked up ever since then. Um, oh, I'm trying to oh, shoot, I'm trying to well. ruin his career. I played through it in the tournament. Yeah, but-
0: i cannot let him get too high like he is i gotta keep him lower because otherwise then he gets a big head and then stops producing
2: the show and yeah you know i'm too good for everything whole thing. i'm just over it uh real quick then we'll also mention something else Dave and i did recently which was oh god it's a picture i cropped the photos <laughs> just so it was more on us than everybody on the stairs but uh are we so fun. much taller than him. I know. It's kind of funny, actually. And, uh, yeah, we're all on the same step on that back row. Obviously, Dave's That's a step below. That's what's depressing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like,
0: oh, he's on a step. Oh, wait, no, he's not.
2: I told—I don't remember <laughs> if I stole this story on air. I think I did, where I talked about how I don't think of myself as tall anymore. And then there's stuff like this where I go, oh, yeah, no, yeah. And, and again, I'm I not –
0: I want the world to know I'm not. I'm not short. I'm the solid six feet no, tall. No, that's like, why I'm it's not, that's I'm, why it's funny.
2: I need to step down to be clear. But <laughs> yeah. so this is one of those spots where I'm like, oh yeah, no, I am. And I actually I had never done this before. A few days ago, I was looking. I don't remember why, but like percentile. Like I'm in the 99th percentile for height, at six six. Like, yeah, there's people taller than me, of course, and Mm -hmm. half of them are in the NBA. But, like, I'm really fucking tall. (laughs) But, again, I'm so used to it. I stopped growing now fucking 13 years ago. So I'm just used to it. And then I see a picture and I go, ah, shit. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. (laughs) Whoops.
1: 13
0: years ago is when you stopped growing? Yeah, I I grew a few years
2: into college. I grew a shoe size when I was, like, 28.
0: I... Stop growing at like 15 so
2: that sucks 28 <laughs> or 29 that's why i had those toenails Jeez. that got fucked up because my shoes weren't fitting i didn't know why it's
0: because i needed to go <laughs> up a
2: size for the first time in like seven years so yeah i was a weird late bloomer it's part of why i was only 6'1 when we graduated from this high school and then i grew another five inches after that <laughs> guy man says, says you t- played through a bum knee yeah it's like the bat, the muscle on the back of the knee I think it was just from jumping so much when I hadn't been at all recently. And we played a ton over those three days. And It was fun. like I don't regret it one bit, but it's been kind of fucked up ever since. I think having to run through the airport in Denver didn't help. Um, mm. Trudging up some of the hills in that area and some of those courses, especially the ones in on the mountain, didn't help. And the worst was I played in a tournament the weekend after that. And then we sat waiting for the award ceremony out in the cold. It was like freezing that night. And my leg just got so stiff after that that I think I had to take a week off. And I tried to play Sunday and it didn't go well. But it's getting better. Um, Reunion. I think it was just notable for a couple reasons. One, Dave and I don't get to do a ton of stuff together these days because I'm never around. Not in person. Yeah. And we didn't really get to meet up with many of our classmates. He did later on in the weekend with some other events. I was only able to go to the one because of that tournament I was coming back up for. but. It was actually just kind of cool to be back around the campus again. It's the first time I've been back in probably 13 years, 14 years. And to see some of the improvements and to have a couple of the current students serve as tour guides, that was really fun, meeting a couple old teachers. So I just wanted to mention it was cool. I, th- I was sort of dreading it just because of what it represented as, you know, the culmination of 20 years. But I had a good time. What about you, Dave?
0: Uh. You know, it's funny. I, I I did have a good time. Um, I definitely didn't see the vast majority of like the group that I hung out with back then. I mean, obviously, seeing Chris, obviously, I spent time with him in high school. I had uh, my other best friend uh, that I got to spend time with in the evening events. But I had a lot of friends that I didn't really see throughout that weekend. Yet, still, I'm glad I went. I know there's a lot of people I've talked to about their reunions who seem to be like, well, I don't know, I'm going to see if X or Y person is going. And I'm like... Yeah, but that leads to no one going if you kind of treat it that way. I, I maybe it's the extrovert in me, maybe it's the idea of like I'm just an optimist, but like I wanna go to these things to see what happens. And if nothing happens, well, that's what happened. You know? If I go and I don't recognize anybody and don't have any good conversations, get nothing of it, well, at least I got a couple of drink tickets that I from it. And that's about it. So I don't know i'd recommend people go i actually did two of these in the last two weeks because i did mine two weeks ago and then my wife's was this past weekend and that was funny being on the other side as well because i didn't know anybody from her (laughs) high school so it was kind of even more fun in some ways not to know people because i just got to i don't know listen i just got to experience things through other people's eyes in a way and nobody had any expectations for me because they didn't know me so it's kind of cool in that own way
2: yeah, I would, I'd be interested to see what Courtney's take was on the whole day when she was there at yours, because as you mentioned to me on the side when we were in between events, it was like she's the only woman here, basically, because Brophy, all guys, <laughs> school. Funny. There's a couple staff members, obviously. It wasn't she wasn't the only woman on the camp, but like of the group that was going around, unsurprisingly, it was almost all guys because Brophy. But none of them brought their wives to that event. It was I'm sure they did that night when you were there, but it was different. Mm-hmm.
0: It was kind of funny, actually, because I asked specifically. I'm like, oh, okay, can spouses come to this? Is that the plan? or spouses coming? And the guy's like, yeah, sure, bring her. It'll be great. Okay, I'll bring her. Only woman there. <laughs> no. So eh, it, it was fine. She she was actually interested to see it, too, because my sons may end up going there. I'm not 100% sure yet. It's likely, but uh, that's going to cost some money. But we'll figure that out later. Uh, so it was kind of cool for her to get to see it.
2: Get it, brophy. You know, I never actually thought of that before. As on the noses that might be from Gary, I... Don't think I have put two and two together on that before. Well, it's right you there know when
0: we were in high school. Nobody called it. No one was saying "bro" when we were in high school. So that's part of it.
2: Well, we weren't. The reputation of Brophy is not frat guy. It's gay. So well, you know that. It's that not, was
0: early two thousands. <laughs> they don't say that anymore.
2: No, they don't. But they sure did when we <laughs> were there.
0: Sure did. Which is really funny how much has changed because now it's like, oh yeah, if you're a gay guy, cool. All right, enjoy yourself. Like who cares?
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's still the same way it was back when we were there, which is there's a whole school of girls just right over there.
0: Yeah, like it is a now it used to be a football field. Now
2: there's a pool. Like that's it. Like there's something very little separating the two. Just walk. Just go say hi if you want to. <laughs> or don't. That's fine too. Whatever you're into. It's 2023. Who cares? Yep. All right,
0: I'd I'd recommend people going. That's, that's all I leave off. Is like, if you're questioning going to 10-year, like 20-year reunion, it was an important time, a formative time in your life. I'd say just go.
2: You have to go to at least one. No. Nope. I didn't yeah. go to my 10-year. I don't regret it even having enjoyed the 20-year. But now I'm at a different point in my life. I'm also more successful than I was 10 years ago. So that is a part of it, if I'm being honest, where I was like, yeah, it- I run a newspaper. Ask me anything. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, "Yeah, I'm a copy editor. I make fucking <laughs> I don't know what it was at the time, sixteen an hour, like whatever it was. You know, I have no money in my bank account. Ask me anything. You want to make a You want to make a drive for donations? I don't have fucking money. Let's talk about it. But yeah, you should go to one, even if you're on the fence. Just be like, all right. Yeah. Be- Maybe pick one of the big ones, not 15, nobody could about 15, but 10, 20, maybe 25, something like that. See,
1: I don't I don't need to go to mine ever in my pretty much lifetime, because I'm still in a group chat with like my seven closest friends from high school. So the only people I'd want to go see are the people I actually spent a lot of time with, and I already talk to them basically every single day. So I'm like, I, I don't know that I'd ever really want to go.
2: Yeah,
0: but you do run into people that you knew. I don't like a lot of people from my high or, school. Uh, like, oh, they might be yeah, better people ran- than them. No it's no. true i ran into one person that i could not stand in high school and he was super pleasant to me the entire time So
1: but I, I can just live with knowing i didn't like them and i can just <laughs> never go back on that that's oh, my personality things very change. well things change I in life change you gotta be i haven't the possibilities. changed no one no one needs to see me because every thought they had about me in high school mostly remains the same just toned back from like a hundred percent to like 85
0: that's about <laughs> it see that's growth that's growth, yeah, of a right sort. It's regression, actually. Right, it's, it's
2: reverse growth. Yeah.
0: Well, if you're growing, if you're regressing from a bad thing, that's growth. That's right. I mean, it depends on who thought I was bad and who thought I was good. I don't know. It depends on how you. It's what all you perspective. It was probably bad. Yeah, It's perspective.
2: <laughs> Let's talk about speaking of growth, T Swift. <laughs> because look, if you've been under a rock. Which is what it would take at this point. If you haven't heard the last couple of weeks, supposedly Taylor Swift and Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey are dating, and this is important because I don't know. Celebrity culture in general is important, even though it's not. So, you know, her dating life in particular, as potentially the biggest star on the planet right now. I that's a whole other conversation we could have on a different episode. Is like who's the biggest star in America? But she's up there for damn sure. And if you don't believe that, look at her last tour. So. Yeah. Either way, we're talking about it. The one reason I wanted to bring it up is because maybe it's because I'm getting old and I'm going to start having these takes more often. But it's like I'm kind of frustrated with people that are upset by this because I'm like, who fucking cares? <laughs> who cares? It's not. Uh, I mean that in a positive way. Like well, it, if she's dating him and she's happy. Well, they both got great. death threats from alt right uh, TV people because right. she's because Mr. Pfizer
1: because, she, because he's Mr. Pfizer. And then she has you know music videos where she's dancing the way she's dancing or dressed up and she uh you know supports the devil or whatever I don't know just weird weird crazy shit that they just combined together to make to make them hated for whatever reason I mean Taylor Swift gets a lot of shit anyway like some rightfully so and some absolutely not fair at all um but like they just really stepped it up when they merged these two together and I, and I guess Kelsey being in the the vaccination commercial hurt that and made it worse for everybody I don't really know.
2: As it's somebody who's been funny. dabbling in dating apps recently, I can tell you vaccination matters. I have seen at least a dozen profiles where if you have been vaccinated, they tell you to swipe a certain direction and usually it's left. It's, you know, if you're if you're vaccinated, I'm not interested. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. It's like okay i i guess i that's a preference that you can certainly have but i'm like that's a weird I mean, hill to die on we were
1: always headed that way and then co- like with very regular vaccinations and then COVID happened and it's like well now we have a big divisive topic to really do it especially when you're basically more or less forced to by so many different ways of course people are going to make that and step it up from the don't get vaccinated because it's going to make your kids you know develop differently or whatever and now it's just like well, don't do it because people told you to. So I don't want to do what people tell me to. I'm like,
0: oh, well, you do a lot of the other things that people tell you to do. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Isn't it funny that, like, now there's, like, booster shots and it's kind of like the flu shot? Like, yeah. no one cares if you got it or not now. Like, no one's going to ask you, did you get your booster? No, no one cares. No. So no. why does it matter anymore? Uh, oh, wait. No. We were all supposed to turn into zombies last week. You hear about that? That was it the
2: activation. Matter. Yeah. The emergency sitting went one out and it turns out it didn't do fuck all because people were stupid.
0: So we're fine. Can Like, it doesn't matter anymore.
1: I I have grown, gone from this is really annoying because the NFL is talking about it over and over again to thinking this is pretty funny because a good friend of mine who has no interest in sports other than the Tour de France and cycling, she is a huge Taylor Swift fan. So over the last four weeks, I have gotten more questions, mm. the genuine, actually interested questions about Kelsey and then Jason Kelsey and football itself and all this detailed shit to then asking me questions about their their document the documentary that jason kelsey does to how long is travis going to be in the league so basically just finding out is travis kelsey a shitty human being because there's plenty of shitty human beings in the nfl so that's a fair question yeah um to her now wanting to watch because this is the progression it went to the quarterback documentary on netflix because patrick mahomes is in it and he is obviously the quarterback of travis kelsey and it's genuine interest not like the you know bullshit oh i'm just gonna you know acknowledge this but she has, her in-laws are huge sports fans, and this is now an easy entry point to caring about a team. It's so hard to start watching a new sport or whatever because you don't give a shit about anyone individually. If you can find an investment in a team or a player and actually watch it to do that, that's how you trick yourself into starting to watch it. So if this becomes, the Chiefs obviously have a giant follow, you know, bigger following now, and they're selling more jerseys from Kelsey and all that. Who cares? The NFL's done a lot of, worse to get fans than just embracing the biggest star in the planet that if she is or isn't dating them who gives a crap her movie comes out from her concert thing i think this this weekend we'll see if this all dies down after that if it does then it doesn't look super great and if
0: it doesn't then good for them who cares like really i will say yeah i'm with you where part of me is like great let's like if this is what gets you into it and gets you enjoying a wider breadth of things, by all means, like, this is awesome. I I am all for people uh, at least appreciating an item. I I want to appreciate all different types of sports. I want to appreciate theater, music, everything. I may not like it, but I want to at least appreciate it. And so when people are now switching from, I can't stand football too, well, at least I have a little bit of, it's kind of cool in that sense. I would, of course, that leads me down my pessimistic view sometimes of like, man, did, did they plan this a little yeah.
2: bit? Like,
1: <laughs> like a little bit? I, I mean don't it's know. it's convenient timing when Travis Kelsey is in. I am not exaggerating. I believe five different commercials. Now he won the Super Bowl, so it makes sense. But and I believe he's the in the five in the
0: league by a long shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's now I mean, because like we I I a couple of podcasts were like, oh, you know, who's the face of the NFL right now? You know, Brady's retired. Peyton Manning's hanging around, but he's been retired for a while. You know, Rogers is on his way out and no one wants him to be the fucking face of the NFL anyway. So who kind of is it? Mahomes is vaguely interesting, but Kelsey's kind of taken on to that role, which is really funny, as given the position that he plays is not the most overwhelmingly popular position. He may be the greatest receiving version of a tight end to do it, so he deserves it. It's not, like, unwarranted in any way. But I'm hoping, because the NFL does not do a very good job of supporting its women fans, I don't think, very often. uh, Given its, you know, lack of doing a lot of things for domestic violence type of stuff, and a lot of the, you know, the merchandise you can buy is not really tailored to women at all. I'm hoping if the NFL is going to you know, kiss Taylor Swift's ass, basically, over and over again, that maybe you should look inward a little bit, whether this dies out or not, and just try to actually keep those fans and don't let them have a reason to bail on you if this fizzles out. Like If they actually watch the games and get vaguely interested, maybe you should keep them interested in some way.
2: I understand people's frustration to a certain level because... Yes, the broadcast just keeps cutting to her over and over again. I understand that aspect of it, but the people that have taken that out on her, I'm like, she's just there. If she was like running up to him in a, a post-game press conference, if she was doing like demonstrable behavior, trying to be like a pick-me girl, and like, oh, look, I'm doing all these things. I'm so cool. But she's just in the box watching. She There's the video of her and him walking out of the locker room. Which was after the very which, first game, and you have not seen another one since, which yeah, is really like, cool. Yeah. It seems like she's just there to support yeah. him. And if it is all a show, like you said, then well, it's going to ex- just extend our pessimism. But like, you can't hate her for that until it's revealed that it was all publicity stunt. Right now, you can't. It's not her fault. The broadcast just keeps cutting to her over and over again in a three hour session. To
1: be fair, do you, would you rather that and actually have funny gifs and reactions of her goofy face when she's screaming and laughing and cheering? Or do you want some more betting details? I don't know. The broadcasts are so shitty nowadays anyways. I don't actually think... I actually think it's funny when they cut to her when she's reacting and being obnoxious. I'm like, you're going to cut to a regular fan in the crowd or you're going to cut to her? Like, what are we really missing? Like, it's not like there's some deep analytic take shit that we have on these broadcasts that Taylor Swift has knocked out of the broadcast. No, there's none of that. You get that all after the game on podcasts and columns and all that. In-game, it's crowd shots and it's terrible graphics and mediocre stats. And now it's Taylor Swift shots. So I don't care. It's funny. The shit gets on the internet. Everyone makes fun of it. Taylor Swift fans make fun of her, however, in themselves. It's like, okay, cool. Just give them the content. It's fucking great.
0: I mean, how dare people like things, right? I know. I I will say it was great when all this first started because my wife, who's a huge football fan and a huge Taylor Swift fan, was like, my worlds have collided. <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> like
1: I have, I have no problem at all answering a shit ton of text messages because, again, I've watched football since I was like four years old genuinely interested in asking me questions that are like, clearly educated questions because you've done some research and now you're asking me stuff like to follow up on it that's great i'm gonna answer every single one of them i got asked today there's actually offsides in football and that's a funny thought and i responded saying yes there's actually six different versions of it there's offsides snap infraction neutral zone in- <laughs> neutral yeah. zone infraction false start <laughs> encroachment i'm encroachment, like actually yeah. there's fucking a bunch of them <laughs> if you really want me to answer the question seriously
2: Jack Rock mentions, you know, he has to be blunt and it's not an issue with Taylor herself. Many of the Swifties are so obviously obsessed with her. It's not a good thing. I mean, that's a whole separate conversation. You're right. Oh, yeah. But at the very least, that's not any different than it was before. It's just it's hitting a new market than it was previously. Oh, no. The
1: the general following, especially with social media and some of her fans kind of being really mean and attacking any ex-boyfriend she's ever had, whether they're actually a bad guy or not is a little psychotic. I've seen some of that. Like doesn't Jake Gyllenhaal getting more shit again, like a couple <laughs> of weeks ago when it's like, why are you? Cause I think she re-released a song that references their relationship or whatever. And he was getting crapped on again, or John Mayer and John Mayer is kind of shady dude, but like he was getting crapped on again. I'm like, or I don't, I don't think you can go harass people online in support of her when I don't think you would like it. If people harassed her online, I don't, I don't think that you get to you know pick and choose
0: how that works. I just find it funny as you before you just mentioned those two people. I don't know that I could have picked anybody that she's dated previously. I just know that she's got a reputation, or people have, care about it. I don't, know. I don't care. She's and, dated a lot of
1: people, and it's mostly been famous
2: people. Mm-hmm. And, so and be it's it. just it yeah. is
0: crazy. People are crazy. Uh, that like it's dumb to do anything like the worshippers. That's like you said, that right? The, the worshippers who take it too far are the problem.
2: Yeah, and every now and then you get somebody who's like they want to be the OG. They want to be like the the hipster. So like. Well, Jessica Simpson was dating Tony Romo years ago, and it's like Jessica Simpson wishes she was anywhere near the size star (laughs) that Taylor Swift is. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but I have to acknowledge the fact that she's a hell of a performer and she's massive. And Jessica Simpson, even at her peak, wishes she was like top 20 artists in the world. I don't even know how – again, it's like a, a futile exercise because who knows where she was in 2009. But the point is we know for damn sure she wasn't on Taylor Swift's level. So this is different. And there's more social media than ever now. So it's just different. It's not the same. And Tony Romo's not a very good quarterback. There, I said it. Cost me a fantasy championship. Never let it go. He's a pretty decent commentator, though. Used to be. He's regressed. Like most commentators do. It's hard to actually keep that up. That's why Kevin Harlan's run is really good. All right, last topic. And I'm just going to let Cody describe the play. Yeah. Because I don't even want to do it. I narrated the whole first topic. So, Cody, go ahead and describe what might be I don't even think this is hyperbole, the worst sports play you've ever seen given the context, the time, the setting, the whatever. I probably won't hit every single detail perfectly
1: correct, but point being, Miami has the ball, uh, and they're going to put this game away. It's over. They just have to knee it out. And rather than kneeing out the the game and just running out the clock, they choose to run the ball up the middle. And not only do they choose to run the ball up the middle, the guy's struggling for extra yardage. So that's another thing of, I don't know what you're doing, why you're not going down. Naturally, he gets stripped of the ball, and they take the defense recovers. They take a shot to the end zone. They score. And Miami somehow goes from, I think ESPN's little win probability chart was actually at 100 because it's actually impossible to lose the game if you just do the thing the correct way. Like the other team cannot touch the ball. And they they chose to try and run it out. And I don't even think he gave the coach of Miami gave a really Clear answer, Mario Cristobal, as to what he was doing. And then if you look a little bit closer, he kind of has done this another time. It wasn't actually as egregious. He did lose the game. He wasn't guaranteed to run the clock out, but he could have given the other team the ball with like 10 seconds left. And Instead, he didn't need it and then punt it or whatever, and they turned the ball over and he lost another way. kneeing the game out is really boring and sad because the way football play clocks work, and once you're under two minutes and there's no two-minute warning and the other team doesn't have a timeout, you can knee the ball three times at 40 seconds, and that runs the clock out without having to snap the ball again. It's a bummer. But it's the way the sport works, and people have taken advantage of it. And to actively hand the game over, especially in the day and age of sports betting and everything now, is... Really weird. Now, you don't know that the kid's going to fumble the ball, but you're putting him in the position where, guess what? Every single player is going to punch him and try and strip the ball. And predictably, he fumbled the ball because one guy is told to wrap him and hold him up. You don't take him down, so you hold him up. And if he's going to struggle for extra yardage and they're not going to call forward progress stopped, everyone's going to swing at it. And guess what? <laughs> you can't actually hold. No matter how many like, t- drills you go through, you cannot hold on to the football. Because it's a weird shape in your arm. If you are being held up by a man and everyone's hitting you, you're gonna fumble the ball.
2: So. Dave's muted. He didn't Dave's muted. I don't know. He's been doing that because his headphones died. Now he's now he's going, oh fuck. Yes.
0: Okay, I'm trying to be good. Anyway, I want to add extra context Yes, absolutely. Because, because not only are you right, they, they didn't take a knee when they should have. It was third down and ten. There were 33 seconds left. Georgia Tech, the other team, had zero timeouts left. Which means, without a doubt, without a fathom of anything one knee ended the game yeah. with a 40 second play clock there is no possibility there's nothing i was trying to figure out some other way. I saw this at first i'm like wait maybe Georgia tech had a timeout and therefore when he took a knee they're gonna have 30 seconds left and that's kind of a long time so maybe you can struggle for the first down and the game i actually would sort of understand yeah, that that's fine maybe there's 45 seconds left and you just wanted you know you didn't want to have to run like that punt play where you like run backwards Backward. 50 yards and take a save like you know you don't want to do something like that because you know you worry that you're going to fumble no there's quite literally no reason that this should happen you should just take a knee and end the game that's how it works that's how it's always worked you win the game then second on top of all of that the best part of i think all of this is that georgia tech is not a passing team haven't been for decades they had thrown for 74 yards the entire game. They threw for 75 yards in the last two plays to win the game.
1: Which is funny because I, so I turned the game on because we were, we were flipping through Saturday because I had no interest in watching the baseball game. I was actually originally planning to watch oh, at that great. point.
0: Baseball game was great. So yeah.
1: I had turned my ba- the baseball game off as my favorite team was getting obliterated by the D-backs. And I was like going there. I'm like, all right, what college games are on? Clicking through. I'm like, ah, oh, Miami. Okay. So we're watching the drive. We're like, okay, well, let's see if they, they can get a stop. They don't get to stop to which is the kneeing point, and I actually change the channel off of it, and all of a sudden on Twitter I see what the hell is Miami doing. So I go right back and I catch literally them like them running the ball, and I'm like, and at that point I asked, does Georgia still Georgia Tech still run the triple option? Actually, like I hadn't seen them on offense in the game, and I think they changed coaches. They don't do it as like they were spread out. But I'm like to your point, it's the school that basically has never been able to known to throw the
0: ball that isn't a military academy. More than anything, uh, it, so man, you talk about worse blunders. The thing that's the most biggest blunder about this is that there's no reason. Like sometimes you have blunders where you like you drop a pass or you know you get turned. You know there was the Jim Marshall, I think, the football player that ran the wrong way, and that's a, always a famous blunder. But also, I don't know, he got crowned. It was in the middle. Of that big a deal. This had no reason. There's no rhyme or reason why it happened. It's just, if you take a knee, the game's over, you win. I don't get it. I just don't get it.
1: And, and the sad, horrifying point is, my, I just double-checked, Miami's ranked 17th. Uh, I believe they were, they were, were
0: undefeated,
1: undefeated they were ranked, 17th. ranked 17th. One thing leads to another in the ACC. They have a chance of making the conference championship game. They win that. They're in a New Year's Day bowl. That is millions and millions of dollars. That they if they had won, you know won out most of the rest of the season, they're gonna win. They still they'll still make a bowl game, but this loss means they're not gonna be in that conversation anymore. As simple as that.
2: Self-inflicted wounds. I think the hardest part for me is like you talk about these scenarios and they always seem far fetched. You say you do this, you take the knee on the off chance, you know, what whatever weird confluence of events it takes that it could happen. But you never see those things. To your point, 100% win probability because there is no reason. there's Because no, people go, like, well, you could fumble the snap on a kneeling play. It's like, well, yeah, but guess what? That same exchange has to happen in addition to another handoff yeah, yeah. if you're running a play. So that's a moot point. If anything, you take your time a little bit more on the knee because you're not worried about you know trying to get a running back through a hole at a certain window. It's just, yeah, we'll snap it, make sure the transfer's clean, and then go down on a knee. The line can't do anything about it. The D-line can try to jump over or something, but it never matters. It's just over. So, uh, what baffles me the most isn't just the whole situation. I mean, that's high up there, but like nobody seemed to know. You know, you didn't see like a Miami player on the sidelines being like, what, like running up and down, being like, whoa, whoa, doing? whoa, what are we doing? And that's maybe not fair to put it on, you know, 19, 20 year old kids, but like, did anybody have an inkling of the situation? Because the quotes afterwards made it seem like nobody really realized until it was too late. Maybe they thought like, the Georgia Tech had a timeout like Dave did. Yeah, maybe. I mean, players don't often know how many of their own timeouts they have, let alone the opponent. But
0: yeah, and I would, I would, ne- I would never, in the sense, especially for college, like players do what the coaches say. So it's a thousand percent on the coaches. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's like players, you know, players might think it, but be like, well, oh, no, that's what coach says. And to be fair, that's probably how it should be in college. Like you haven't got the experience yet, like the coaches do. So yeah, like. It's a damn near fireable offense, honestly. It really is.
2: It absolutely is. To a certain extent, I think there are certain things that you should not be able to come back from. When the Broncos gave up 70 points to the (laughs) Dolphins, even though it was Sean Payton's third game, I'm like, there hasn't been 70 points scored in the NFL since 1967. So maybe that's the point where you go, "Mm, I don't know if it's working out, Sean. See you later. Because I don't care if it's early. Some things are unforgivable. This is one of those things. In the context of sports, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. We get it. But as far as sports sins go, taking a victory and just throwing it right into the jaws of defeat instead is I, I haven't really seen anything like this. We've seen other dumb mistakes. Like you said, things that eventually led to a loss, things that you could go A to B to C and go, OK, that was stupid. They shouldn't have done that. This is just A to A. There are no letters in between. There are no other things to blame. No other fingers to point. You just threw away a fucking victory at the <laughs> caller's level for literally no reason. It's, it's amazing. It's uncanny. And that was all. I think it, that's what it was one of those things where it's like, this transcends sports. This is yeah. failure of the highest magnitude. And we can explain this in a way that even non-sports fans would be like, oh boy, like what happened?
0: Uh, and I, I'm glad I didn't see anything. I didn't look that hard, but I'm glad I don't think I, I never saw anything that was blaming the running back for fumbling. It was all like coaches. What the hell are you
2: doing? Nah, cause e-
1: it happened. ESPN was a little harsh cause they kept cutting to the kid over yeah. and over yeah. and over and he's crying and I was mean and I thought it was funny because I'm like if I'm the running back I take that handoff and I take the fucking knee myself because I know that if I go down immediately <laughs> I have won the game for us
2: no matter what the co- fucking the coach is calling I'm going to just fall over in the backfield oh sorry coach you just
0: take the ball into the superman and just exactly
2: my shoes run tied coach I, don't, I just I don't know what happened I went down sorry
1: I used to do that in Madden when they when I didn't know how to slide in Madden. I would just dive with my play. Like I got the first time like okay, I don't know how to slide, so too. dive, yeah. dive forward. <laughs> uh, and then they made it where if you got touched when you do that, you fumble the ball. So then that wasn't great. But yeah, I did. I mean, it is a bummer for the kid. Thankfully, I, I mean, hopefully, people don't know his name. People, he's not the one that's going to get you know there's plenty of people who give death threats on Twitter when you blow a game to you know lose bets for people. Um, so hopefully, he's not getting any of that because. It's his fault that he fumbled, I guess, but he's also put into a the stupidest you know situation he could ever be be put into, and it's like, yeah, I mean that that was thanks, coach, thanks for having my back. It was really great.
2: This is the equivalent of the leader of the Tour de France doing the meme where he sticks the spoke in his own bicycle and the crashes, <laughs> like that. There's no there's no reason it shouldn't happen. It's a self inflicted wound. All right, well, that was it. Random episode, I know. But again, we have the big stuff coming next week with a tour list I'm pretty excited about. Probably going to be a longer episode, if I'm being honest. And then a Suns preview with boy, there's a lot of questions to answer. We're not even going to have all those answers by then, but we'll try and answer them as best as we can. We'll still do predictions. I think our predictions are getting silly because we're all pretty rational Suns fans. So, like, we all settle around the same number. Like, we're not coming in and it's not like, I'm like, oh, we're going to win 40. And Dave's like, we're going to win 62. Like, that, that doesn't so the last three years, our predictions have all been very close, but we'll do it again anyways. It's a tradition, and uh, we'll see what we had to look forward to in the sun season because I'm both excited and scared. That's all.
0: I'm scared of, I'm scared of the fact that I'm optimistic, really. Yeah,
2: that's what hurts you the most is the expectations. we the Diamondbacks. Like nobody had expectations, so everybody's like, cool, bonus. I don't know. All right, that's the end of the episode. In between shows, you can find us at our website, objectionnetwork.com or YouTube.com objection network to watch the video version of the podcast. It's cooler, there's a live chat. We talk to you, it's great. Come check it out sometime. We'll see you next time.